Welcome to the Successful Contractor, powered by CertainPath, a show for residential contractors about residential contractors. We chronicle business journeys, share insights, and celebrate successes in this wonderful industry. I'm your host, Bob Houchin. For more information on how CertainPath can put your contracting company on a certain path to success, visit our website, www.mycertainpath.com. I hope you enjoyed today's show and take away a nugget or two. Jason, thank you so much for joining me today. I greatly appreciate it. For those uh, who are watching or viewing uh, and don't know you, could you please share with everyone your name, your company name, and where you guys are located? Uh, my name is Jason Santhoff out of Houston, Texas, and the company name is Santhoff Plumbing. Very good, very good. Now, we're talking for an excellent reason. Business has been very, very good. Uh, this year, as you share with me before I hit uh, record, looking even better. Uh, let's brag for a moment. Let's see, you did last year what in revenue exactly? Uh, so we did roughly $4.2 million, and uh, we're projected to do uh, around $5 million, a little bit over $5 million this year. That's fantastic. And you're speaking to me, and it looks like a beautiful new office building, which you just uh, relocated to, what, like a year or two ago? What did you share with me? Yeah, so we uh, relocated two years ago, uh, you know, at the uh, the cuff of our old location in terms of space, just needed uh, more yeah. uh, to be able to accommodate all of our office staff and uh, all of our technicians and trucks. And we've moved here for going on two years now. Now, you made it sound like, again, a little pre-interview uh, back talk here, that when you moved, it really kind of helped accelerate growth a little bit. Was it just because you were able to add more people? Was that the biggest reason? Absolutely. Uh, our old space was was well located uh, yeah. in the city. Uh, in the, we've kind of moved a little bit further out, but the location is nice because now we have different departments uh, when it comes to office staff. Yeah, uh, we have a, a real uh, training room now. We oh, have, uh, you know, water heaters set up uh, that actually work for the building, but accessible to where we can do more trainings, hands-on trainings with our technicians. Very um, cool. But also plenty of room for all of our, our vehicles to, to keep them nice and secure and uh, safe and also replenishment of our inventory that we do. That's great. That's very cool. Well, good stuff. Well, congratulations on all that great success. Um, I'm excited to dig into to what you do on a day-to-day -day basis. But uh, before doing that, I always love learning people's backstories and family stories and kind of the genesis of, of, of how the company came to be. So you are, are now, you and your brother are primary owners of the business, but your father started it in the 70s. Am I correct in, in saying that? Precisely. In uh, 1974, um, you know, he was working for a large uh, entity here in Houston and said, you know what, I can I could do this pretty well, so I uh, started the business, and at yeah. that time, it was more a new construction commercial. Yeah. And, of course, uh, we've got the. Yeah. Now, how how long were you guys doing new construction? Was it a long time? Did you get into some hardships, and, and that, that caused a transition, or what do you recall? Uh, so, uh, so back in the early 70s here in the Houston market, uh, commercial was booming. Uh, my father had done that for roughly about 10 years, and then that had slumped. Uh, then he went into new uh, new construction residential and uh, dabbled with that for many years. And yeah. uh, toward the end of the 80s, uh, going into the early 90s, there was a slump there as well. Yeah. And uh, he decided at that point that residential service repair was probably the best bet for him. Oh, good for him. Yeah. I started doing residential service repair, still dabbling with old contracts uh, for new construction, commercial and uh, and residential. Uh -huh. And uh, once I took it, kind of got away from uh, from all that. I've all been with the company now for seven years. Seven years. Very good. Now. You've been you, you came back seven years ago. You and your brother kind of acquired it, but uh, but you certainly that wasn't your first foray into the family business. So uh, let's see, you you are probably what mid nineties, late nineties, early two thousands. I bet you spent a lot of time uh, working with your dad, helping out in summers and stuff like that. Am I correct? Absolutely. My dad <laughs> used to have a, an old man, and uh, he had a 
you know, self-made little bench for us. And we used to grow up and, you know, he was our babysitter dad and we went out to jobs with him. I mean, yeah. I, I grew up in a plumbing boat. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's in the blood for sure. So now share with everyone, uh, you, you know, you graduated high school and then you went into the service, correct? Yes. I uh, graduated high school, uh, 2000. And soon after that went into, uh, the Navy, yeah. uh, where I met my beautiful wife. Uh, mm-hmm. we've been together for going on 19 years now. Congratulations. That's fantastic. And then, and then after the service, uh, maybe share with everyone what your next career move was. Um, so after the service, I uh, came back to, uh, back to Houston and, uh, there was an opportunity by house, which was by Interline, which is Sachs. Uh, I started off at uh, at Barnett as a entry level position, and uh, quickly worked my way up. I was with Barnett for roughly ten years, and uh, in the process, started off entry level position and moved my way up to uh, a regional manager for the West Coast. Wow! Uh, I traveled quite a bit. I was away from my family for. You know, 48 weeks a year, roughly. Oh, boy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's pretty daunting, especially on a young young family. So when the opportunity sure. to come back into the business came up, you know, yeah. I, I jumped on it. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. So let's let's uh, let's talk about that for a, a quick minute. What would she just it was just a travel? Was your dad maybe kind of ready to just kind of step out? It's like I've been working a long, long time, hard, some hard hours. I'm ready to kind of do something else. Uh, spot on. Uh, the aha moment for my father was uh, he had he had a heart attack. Oh goodness! Um, you know, so that was pretty pretty serious uh, ordeal. Yeah. And he felt at that point that you know if he continued in the business, he was going to have another heart attack. So, you know, he approached me and my brother and he said, "Look, guys, you know, I really want to step away from the business, you know, release from the uh, the stress of the business and." You know, Jason, you do really well when it comes to uh, the business side. Yeah. And my brother James uh, does really well when it comes to technical. Right. Uh, so it's a good even split. Good. It's nothing to do with business, and I want nothing to do with the technical. Right. So right. It works that's, out. That's interesting. Very good. Let's uh, let's uh, rewind the clock a little bit. Um, again, I was I was doing some research on you guys, and you've been with. Certain path before it was certain path. Actually, before it was, I think, officially called Success Group International. We were just Plumber Success International. It's been what fifteen years, right? Fifteen years, uh, yeah. and that's kind of an interesting story too, because my father, while I was working for Goldman and Interline Brands, I I talked to my dad. I said, "Look, there's a lot of success in this. We yeah. want to really look into this, and they're having a uh, a profit day." In uh, Dallas, which is close to home, right? And you should come up here and at least, and you can visit with with you know your grandchildren at the same time. Yeah. And so he came into that meeting. They immediately signed up, and uh, really didn't implement a substantial amount. I think he really did it thing to do. Yeah. Um, but he did end up signing up and uh, did a lot of the stuff. Uh, really until I came on board with it. Very good. All right. Well, good. That's a, that makes a nice transition for me. What were some of the core things that you recognized right away seven years ago? Like, we need to get on this. Oh, that's <laughs> Pandora's box. Right there. Yeah. Um, no, he wasn't watching his percentages. Uh, yeah. Came to, you know, his labor rates and you know, what he was spending on marketing was very minuscule. Um, really, the, the focus when I initially started was to get all of our guys in, on uniforms uh, yeah. or into uniforms. And, you know, uh, look, uh, yeah. a lot of training with the technicians and going to, you know, this is the way that you park your vehicle. This is why you park your vehicle. This is what. You know, you don't walk in the customer's grass. For those that right. smoke, please don't flick that cigarette into the customer's grass. Yeah. Or, you know, and just reeling them in because at the end of the day, right, they're a little rough around the edges. They're blue collar workers. Yeah. And everything that Service Line, uh, excuse me, Certain Cat had recommended is very alien to them. Right. 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 
so it took a while to really get them on board. I would say a while would be roughly a year. Okay. Uh, working with them on a daily basis, uh, explaining to them, you know, giving them shout outs, giving them kudos on how right. they look for the day. Good job, Mac, on tucking in your turn. Congratulations. Right. right. I've only been working on this for six months. Hey, you know? hey but it, when it works, you got to do that stuff. You got to reinforce it. That's it. So yeah. I guess initially it was going to be our image is what I focused on. Yeah. Uh, wrapping all of our trucks to make them look uniform. Right. Um, introductions to customers and building a rapport with customers. Uh, options. There was zero options given before. Right. Uh, that was a pretty large change for us. Yeah. Uh, that in itself, both with our technicians getting on board with it, but then also sales. Uh, it's you know, the more time that they spend, they're building a rapport with the customer and they're giving options. It's pretty amazing what happens after that. You sell them. Right. right. There's a trust. You build a trust. Yeah. Um, and then also uh, kind of fast forward a year after that, I started really focusing on marketing. Mm. Um, we had a lot of repeat business, uh, but we needed to start getting some more business drummed up. Yeah. Uh, people move. Uh, and, you know, you lose customers continually. Sure. So I guess marketing, uh, the way our technicians, uniformity, trucks, those were my biggest initial investments. In That's great. You know, something you said, and, and it was, you said it so, so quick, but I think it's a big part in the transition is you got to tell people why, right? You got to reinforce, but you have to tell technicians, we're doing this not just because I say so. We're doing it because this is how it'll affect you and the customer. I think that why is so important. I mean, do you do you agree? I couldn't agree more. I, I was just doing an evaluation. Thing. I had one of my managers in there who's going to be taking over the evaluations for me. Mm -hmm. And I look at everything as coachable moments, right? Where a lot of, you know, new managers, they, they just want to, you know, look down on, on people or speak down on people. Right. And at the end of the day, it's coachable moments, right? You messed up on a job. That doesn't mean that you're going to get fired. It's it's a coachable moment for us to really reel it in, explain the why. Why are we doing this, right? right. So coachable moments are something they implement. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, I mean, I, I think that's just such a big thing. If you feel like you know, and you know you have the right people, they're going to make mistakes. They're human beings, right? But you can either pour into them or you can degrade them. And by pouring into them, they, they're better the next time, right? And then all of a sudden, maybe you have a Support for this podcast comes from Pulse M and Customer Lobby. Successful certain PATH members like you know the value of thinking like a customer. We've got the tools to help you do just that. Enter Pulse M Plus. Combining the power of Pulse M and Customer Lobby to enhance your customer journey by creating value at every touchpoint. We've helped hundreds of certain PATH members like you win and retain more business. Pulse M Plus utilizes Pulse M's industry leading reputation management capabilities to help you build out the early stages in your customer's journey and maximize your online reputation through Google reviews. Then, Pulse M Plus keeps your customers coming back by incorporating Customer Lobby's powerful retention platform, using postcards, emails, and text messages to send the right message at the right time to encourage repeat business. And as a certain path member, we will waive your setup fees. For more information, please visit get.pulsem.me/pm-plus-certainpath. Let's go ahead and talk about your as you're trying to grow your organization. I think that's such a, a good early nugget in this conversation. So I'm glad you, you mentioned that. Um, let's go ahead and talk about your team just for a minute. Give them a little, little shout outs. What is you, you said there's someone that's going to take over reviews for you. Who is that that individual? Yeah, and I'm another Pandora's box here, but we've never really had opportunities techs or staff to really move up within the company. We were very stagnant when I first yeah. came on board. Um, but fast forward seven years, right? Not only is our top line sales up, our headcount of employees is up, yeah. and that also creates opportunities. And uh, case in point, the manager that I was doing the evaluations with this morning and kind of coaching him along the way, he was a technician 
He was yeah. one of our lead technicians that I had uh, kind of groomed into the role that he has today, and I'm continuously grooming him to ultimately be general manager of, of the companies where I can kind of step out of that role yeah. um, and give him that leeway. Right. Um, but to that same point, there's opportunities within the company. It's just not be an apprentice and then kind of work your way up. That evolution has changed. Now that we have 25 plus staff, right. they can move into different departments. You know, we've had a technician or an apprentice that said, you know what, maybe this isn't for me. Let me look at other opportunities within the business. Well, at that time, we needed a dispatcher, right? Mm -hmm. And he moved, you know, fluidly directly into that position and was doing rather well. Sure. And vice versa, we've had office staff that have come in, initially hired as an office assistant, and said, you know what? I think plumbing would be fun. Really? And we've moved them over to those positions. That's fantastic. That's so, interesting. You don't hear that a lot. You don't. No. Yeah. Yeah. But that's great. I think that's probably the biggest win these past seven years now working in small business, going from large corporation. I think the biggest win for me is is the ability to create opportunities for our staff, right? Yeah. And opportunities to advance into different positions that weren't available. Right. Um, you know, I think that's my biggest win in seven years. I'm I'm intrigued. So when for you to know that an office person wants to be a, a plumber or an apprentice wants to be a dispatcher, that comes through conversations. Are those planned conversations or are those just organic conversations that happen because everyone's in the office in the morning? Or what what do you guys do? How do those come about? Um, we have constant contact our staff. Um, you know, we're in a larger facility now, but we have constant contact. We do uh, monthly uh, barbecues. Oh, cool. Uh, during the summer months. So we have a lot of team building opportunities. Yeah. At all the staff, including myself and my wife, uh, Julie, we're continuously, because we're trying to build more of a, of a family than anything else. And that's important in today's workforce, yes. right? Everybody wants to feel like they're part of something. Right. And so how that uh, technician and that conversation started with that technician wanting to go into a dispatch role and then a dispatcher wanting to go into a technician role. That was just Uh, I think both of those were at an annual fishing trip that we do where we close our company and we pay all of our technicians to go fishing. Is that and, right? Uh, you know, we all stay at the same house and take genuinely enjoy themselves. Yeah. I think Holy both of those opportunities happen at that event. That's going to get harder with this company getting bigger. You're just going to have to get houses next to each other, I guess. That's where we're at this year. Actually, we have to get two houses. That's cool. Now you guys just go down to Galveston or where do you, where do you go? Uh, we go down to uh, a local uh, Port O'Connor. Okay. Um, so it's near Galveston, I guess. Yeah. In fishing town, but we bring the guys down there. We make sure that they've got accommodations. We feed them. We do yeah. big cookouts every night and uh, we guide them. So we bring them out on the boat, put them on the fish, show them how to catch fish. Yeah is a, a new fishing pole. Oh, so very cool. Now, you, you mentioned barbecues. You do the fish thing. Is it you try to do something quarterly, or how many of these things do you attempt to do uh, throughout the year? Uh, so barbecues, uh, we do on a basis uh, during the summer. Yeah. Uh, during the winter months, we try to do uh, axe throwing, or we've done uh, top golf, or yeah. um uh, we go to Whiskey Cake and just have a nice dinner with everybody. Yeah. Um, a few big events that we have is yeah. summer. And then we also do a, a pretty large uh, Christmas party. Oh, very cool. Now on these barbecues and stuff, they're like, I'm assuming are they on Fridays? Do you, do you kind of shut the company down for a day or do you do it in the evening, kind of after everyone's done? Uh, so traditionally, we do it on Fridays. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the day, we usually shut down operation around three o'clock. So we uh -huh. don't take that last uh, 
uh, call of the day. Right. And that's pre-planned. All the staff know, hey, this is going to be barbecue day. We're not taking any calls <laughs> after three. Yeah. Um, we still have an on-call technician. So just in case an okay. emergency comes up, you can yeah. go ahead and take care of that. Um, but for the most part, we just shut down the company. Families in. We have basketball contests. We have a new basketball team. Um, very organized, very, very organized. So you don't, you're not like, Hey, we're just going to stand around. You're like, we're going to, we're going to make you have some fun here now, <laughs> which no, is we, good though. You make people interact. That's it. Everybody interacts and you know, we are part of a family. You're, you're here more than you are usually at home. Right. So yeah. we want, we want it to feel that way. And we also want to incorporate their families and have kids day and have, you know, blow up, uh, you know, stations and stuff like that and balloons and, you know, all sorts of stuff to That's accommodate. Great. That's great. That's great. Uh, something that you, you mentioned a few minutes ago, and I wanted to point out is you're at a stage now, your company's growing. You realize something that a lot of guys, gals that own companies don't realize it's that you need to replace yourself. You know, you can't just keep adding technicians and you run, be in charge of the techs and you run the advertising and you run the office because you'll end up getting sick like your dad did at some point. Right. So um, talk about that process. How, how hard has that been to let go with that? Or have you been ready and, and eager to try and, and grow and, and give people that opportunity? That's a great question. Something that is the apex of my mind right now yeah. is creating an exit strategy. Um, you know, I'm 40 years old at this point, and we've been really kind of grooming different people to take over different positions. Uh, yeah. So, you know, Mike, which is one of our service managers, he's ultimately going to be my general manager and take over my daily duties there. Yeah. And now we have just hired a new office manager uh, who's in the process of training right now. And she's going to be taking over administrative roles as well. Right. Um, has it been hard? Yeah, it's been hard to give up uh, because... I do things a certain way when it comes to, let's say, evaluations, right? Sure, sure. Uh, I'm extremely thorough. Yeah. And, you know, when you give that those reins over to somebody else and you see that they're not a detail-orientated person, much like myself, that's, that's tough, but it also is tough. It's a coaching moment. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, we are in the process. Uh, I, I have been in the process uh, for the past year really kind of formalize my exit strategy and ultimately here in the next couple of years uh, we would like to you know travel and just kind of check in periodically is our plan good for you that's great that's so cool very good um all right i want to pivot to a hot topic and we talked about it again before our hit and record pre-interview um it's called generation you are in the process of of changing marketing companies, which I think, and we don't have to name names, we'll just, but I think there's lessons to be learned. Uh, maybe share with with everyone, what were some red flags, things that you had noticed that you're like, okay, we need to do something here. Another great question. So when we uh, moved from our old location to our new location, uh, we thought it was gonna be a very simple process. Uh, we sent out mailers to our customers, letting them know that we were gonna be moving. Um, but in the process, of what we didn't think about was that we were going to lose all of our Google reviews, uh, because it is essentially a new location. Right. So that was hurtful because we had around 800 to 1,000 star Google reviews. Oh boy. Yeah. Uh, so we were kind of starting out both in a, in a suburb of Houston, a new suburb of Houston. And almost looked at as a new company because yeah. we had now zero Google reviews. Oh boy! Um, and that's the process dealing with the customer service or lack of customer service. Um, <laughs> Sorry, you know, I know it's it's fun. It's you can laugh now, but I'm sure it was not a laughing moment at that time. It, it was tough. Yeah. Our call counts uh, immediately down, um, and we're still kind of dealing with that. Also dealing with a local marketing company, yeah, uh, who was trying the best to, to help us out where they could, uh, but it does get tiresome when you ask questions like, "Hey, how can we get back on track? What can we do different?" And they didn't have answers. 
Yeah. And uh, I just, that was the telltale time for me to go ahead and start looking into a new marketing company. Right, right. Now, obviously, it's not been easy, but you've got things figured out because you did four point whatever last year and you're, you're going to do five point something. So you didn't dip. Uh, let's talk about, because I think this is relevant to what a lot of people are facing in, in different markets. And, I, and there's a lot of slowdown elsewhere, right? Um, what what did you guys do? When that call count immediately drops, how do you respond so you're not sending people home? Is it outbound calling? Is it, you know, what do you, what, what, what different tactics did you guys use to find those calls immediately? You know, uh, you have to change everything, right? We went from pushing calls away as an organization to, you know, our call count reducing from 100 revenue generating calls per week to 70. Yeah, that's significant. 30%, right? yeah. So we had to change our, we had to do outbound sales calls. We had never really done that before. Uh, so yeah. that was new for us. Uh, we had to uh, send postcards to customers. We had to kind of amp that up. We increased our marketing budget by 40%. Whoa. Uh, what? If you don't mind, let me, let me stop you real quick because this is a hot topic. Again, what, what percentage of, of revenue are you investing in marketing on an annual basis? So we've been very fortunate for the past, let's say, five years uh, before our two-year slowdown. Sure. Uh, in terms of call counts, right? Yeah. Where we, where we were only spending roughly 40%. Okay. Uh, so you say that again, you cut out real quick, just because that's a big number. We were, we were only spending four to six percent. Four to 6%. Okay. Yeah. So now we're probably around 12%. Yeah. Uh, on marketing, roughly. Um, so that, that was very perfect. Throwing, sure. throwing money at some, not really seeing the return. Right. But back to your point, Bob, is what we've changed and has had the most significant difference is slowing our technicians down. Mm, good. Glad you brought that up. Yes. Please continue. They are required to give options. They're required uh, based off of Missy's feedback. They're required to do an inspection report. And even if the customer denies the inspection report, they have to write a line through it and have the customer initial that, which mm -hmm. is accountability. Yeah. Um, so that, that right there was pretty significant. Yeah. Uh, but also, we focused on trainings, right? We had guys that maybe didn't have any calls for today. Well, today you're going to be with Jason and we're going to do some sales training, right? Yeah. Yeah. But when you do get that opportunity, you do get that call. You'll utilize some of these tools that, that I'm giving you, and maybe you'll see a, a, a change in your revenues for that for that call. That's interesting. You know, I think we on at Certain Path we talk a lot that not just technicians but owners. Everyone's gotten lazy is a hard word, but everyone's gotten real comfortable because COVID brought upon this new age where calls were just coming left and right. Everyone was stuck at home. Everyone's breaking everything. I mean, oh, okay, I didn't close that one, service fee only. Well, I know I got another one right after that. And now that's starting to not be the case. So, right, slowing down, following the steps, doing the little things, it makes such a big difference. Um, I wanted to, to follow up on your, your marketing point about doing postcards and doing outbound. On your outbound calling, what were you guys asking? Were you trying to offering to do your your inspection? Were you have Did you have like a deal? Or what, what did you guys have success with? Um, we were having success with, uh, existing customers reaching out to them and saying, Hey, uh, I see that our technician hasn't done an inspection of your home in the past. Uh, we would like to do a free home inspection. Yeah. And we had a lot of traction with that, uh, especially during, uh, AC season, which we're in right now, since hitting triple digits now for, 20 days consecutive. Uh, we've had a lot of success with that. Yeah. Um, and ultimately, those technicians are turning that $0 call uh, into our ticket average right now is around $750. Good. Uh, so they're definitely finding opportunities and yep. it's giving them some hours that they need. Yeah, that's great. Now, are the postcards the same thing? Are they all from the free reminder? Hey, it's time for your, your annual inspection. Absolutely. Uh, 
it's letting our customers know that uh, so we out a list uh, for the past card let them know that we've moved but then also uh, that we do have home inspections mm-hmm. and ask more about home inspections we started offering memberships roughly a year oh so that's newer for you oh that's great that means a lot of opportunity i know that's not great but i mean it means a lot of future opportunity it is so yeah about a year ago we also went uh two big things uh monumentous for us was we went to the straightforward price guide. Okay. We had never done that before. Really? What were you doing? Time and material or just some kind of flat rate? No, we had an in-house kind of like uh, what Jimmy Dale had or uh-huh. has. Yeah. Uh, very similar to that. Yeah. Uh, so each pass had a specific price. And then if we had to extend that, we had an hourly. Right. Yeah. Um, so it was just a, a really lengthy. Um, but we wanted to simplify that because we did have uh, apprentices that were moving up to tradesmen, plumbers, and running their own trucks. Right. And we wanted to just simplify that process. Yeah. So we did go to the straightforward price guide, and at that same time, we went to membership. Wow, that's a lot of big change in a, in a year. Holy moly. How much training did that – was that a daily thing for a while, or were you able just to do it week, week by week? Uh, it was a daily training. And that training went on for roughly three months. Wow. Yeah. But it and, and was a result. Obviously, it, it had to have been positive because you had a big jump in revenue from one year to the, to the next. We did. Yeah. So when we went to the price guide, we were at a If you look at it hourly, and we went to a 250 book. Yeah. So that was a pretty significant jump in pricing. But at that same time, we were also seeing a, a a uh, huge increase when it came to material costs. So it was yeah. kind of justifiable. Right? Absolutely. Sure. Um, right when we implemented the new price guide, we also did and increased everybody's pay, kind of damper that blow a little bit. Sure. And it, it was widely successful. The guys took it, they ran with it, they asked a lot of pivotal questions, and, you know, we, We've done quite well with it. Actually, we're looking at going to a, a 300 price book right now. Yeah. I mean, everything's going up, right? I mean, it's uh, inflation's affecting everything and everyone. Uh, to go back to your club before closing the book on that, what is it? What would you say? Have one membership? Maybe talk about some of the benefits of, of what your club membership offers, or did you pretty much just adopt what we offer? Uh, we only went with a one club membership uh, level. Good. That's uh, smart. To start with. Kind yeah. of get our feet wet with it. It's been widely successful in the past year. We've sold roughly 600 uh, clubs. That's great. Um, so it's inexpensive. We only charge 9.95 per month. Yeah. Uh, they do get a 10% discount on all level. Clubs. Yeah. And uh, priority service, which meant a lot of customers that have been using us for generations. Yeah. And um. That's for, oh, extended warranties on water heaters. So if they do, uh, I guess that's different than what certain path recommends. But no, that's all right. We uh, we extend our water heater uh, warranties. So if we sell and install a water heater instead of having a five year warranty, which is what we usually use, do a ten year warranty for our customer. No, we have a we we have a lifetime uh, warranty, so it's pretty similar. Ten years about is about that anyway, right? So that's great though. So um, I mean, I guess I'm sure that's helped close a lot of work too. Having that club membership, you can dangle the discount, but look at all these great benefits, right? So I'm sure that that's certainly helped. Absolutely, yeah. We, we've our ticket averages. I mean, of course, we had gone with the new price guide, so our you know ticket averages are going to increase no matter what. Um, but before the price guy, we were running around six hundred dollar ticket averages. Yeah. And as I had mentioned before, now we're running seven fifty. Yeah. A lot of that is because of the memberships and those customers are are continuously calling now because they get that priority service, they get the ten percent discount. So that's definitely helped uh our sales. That's great. And you do the perpetual club. You don't do an annual. You just do the one that rolls over and hits the credit card, right? I want to make a point because there's a lot of people that still like to sell the annual, and I don't understand that. So, uh, We have one technician for some reason that he is just 
I, I, we, I still don't comprehend it, but yeah. he's the only one that really sells the annual. Yeah. I've had multiple conversations with him. Everybody else just sells the monthly membership. Yeah. But yes, I would say 95% of them that are sold are. Yeah, very good. Very good. Um, let's see here. Let's, let's hop around. We, uh, we talked about, uh, about the team a little bit. We didn't break into how many trucks are you running currently right now? So right now we're running 11 trucks and we have a new uh, that just got his tradesman's license uh, about a month ago. Uh, we've been doing some trainings with him in the mornings uh, to kind of get him up to speed. Yeah. And we're just kind of waiting for the call, you know, to increase a little bit more sure. before we go ahead and, uh, and start to move him over. Within the next month, we'll probably be at 12 trucks, and I hope to be around 13 to 14 by the end of the year. That's great. Now, so how many apprentices do you have on deck then, kind of in the wing? We have seven dedicated apprentices. That's awesome. Um, and each time one of our apprentices uh, moves up into a truck, we backfill his position. Mm. Uh, and I've already got uh, roughly five apprentices that really want to start with us. Well, I've that's, already got that kind of backfield. That's fantastic. Now, who manages recruiting at your operation? Is that your one of your core functions, or is that somebody else? Hey, there you go. That would be me. That's a big function, right? I mean, if nothing happens without people, so sure, it falls on the, the owner's shoulders. That's great, especially your size. So how are you finding all these, these I'm assuming, younger people or people looking for a change? That's another great So. We have a, a couple of our, our newer apprentices who are younger. They're right out of high school, uh, which is, you know, kind of our preference. We prefer that they have, you know, we do the disc assessment. We make sure that they have some sort of mechanical ability and they kind yeah. of fit the mold. That we, uh, but we do a pretty, uh, I, I think it's a great incentive program for our current or any employee period to refer people over. And oh. so we have a couple of new apprentices that have been referring, I don't know, the past three that we've had. Really? And referrals from existing employees. That's cool. Now, what is it? Everyone's going to want to know, or is it just money? Or I'm assuming. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's primary. So it's a tiered program. Uh, we do uh, $500 to the person that uh, referred over yeah. us. And if they refer over another one, that goes up to 1500 Oh, Yeah. So, so hey, you did it once. Let's do it again, right? Oh, yeah. that, that's neat. I like that. That's 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 unique. So you're not, you mentioned high school, but you don't have any relationships with any high schools or technical schools. It's just word of mouth because you treat people the right way in your business. Uh, yes, uh, I thought about, connecting with some of our local schools, but we've, we've done quite well with this right now. Uh, but I think in the future, that is definitely something that I, I want to connect with. I've already made some calls to local school districts, which have been open to the idea yeah. of uh, uh, putting a booth together for a career day. Sure. And I think that's really going to be the avenue that we're going to go. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm I'm impressed with how many you've got with, waiting in the wings already. So that's great. But yeah, you it's it's something that never stops with recruiting. Anyone watching, listening that isn't familiar with certain path or what we do, it's it should be about a third of your time is is constantly finding people. It's a people business. So good for you. That's great. Um, now, will you hire existing plumbers, or you really prefer to have a green person and bring them up through your way? Uh, we have hired. Uh, licensed plumbers before. We haven't had widespread success with that because right. they're already kind of stuck in their ways. Uh, yeah. So our preference would be, which it kind of hurts my PNL a little bit on the uh, employee side, but it is to bring in these business and our expectations and our standards and our protocols. Uh, it has been widely successful. Yes. Yeah. Well you raise your book price. I mean, you got to cover the cost of business. And if people want a really good person in their home who's going to do right by them and offer great service, that's that's just the cost of doing business. So there's plenty of trucks that can do it the other way, other way. I mean, as a homeowner, there's nothing more infuriating than some plumbing issue or whatever issue happening. And it got fixed. And then the guy leaves right away. And then something else breaks a week later and another thing three weeks later. Yeah, I'd rather get it all taken care of now. So you, you're doing it the right way. I love it. Um, 
So your apprentices, day-to-day, they're sitting in your training meetings, they're riding along, they're learning the technical, and they're learning how your, your expectations for how to communicate and, and build options and do inspections, right? Correct. Uh, we do things a little bit different with our apprentices. Uh, we're very transparent. Uh, they have to hit certain levels uh, when it comes to uh, uh, increasing their compensation. Oh, okay. So, yeah, speak about that. Yeah, so the state of Texas, uh, you start out with an apprentice. A very simple process. The next step is going to be getting your endorsement, restricted endorsement. They can immediately get that. And then the other one is after one year, they can get their utility installer endorsement. And then that's forward another year after that. So two years as an apprentice, they can get their placement. And then on to journeyman and so on, right? Uh, we have stipulations that they must complete, the apprentices must complete, and again, we're transparent on hourly compensation. So if they want to move up to that next hourly compensation threshold, they have to get their endorsements. They yeah. have to um, complete all their daily tasks. They can't be late. Uh, they have to be punctual. They have to be professional, and they have to uphold the standards of our of our. That's Want the manager to sign off that they receive their endorsements, that they're hitting the thresholds that they should. Uh, they're signed off on, and they move up to that next uh, pay threshold. That's great. It's very transparent, right? There's no, well, I think you've been doing a good job, so I'll give you an extra buck an hour. And then he tells the other guy, and all of a sudden, you've got a mutiny on your hands. You make it very transparent. I love it. That's great. Um, in terms of your technicians, I, I wanted to explore this a little bit. Is it now, are are they hourly and some incentives or what what kind of a pay structure do you do for them uh we do hourly uh, so it's usually a low station uh and then we also do uh, bonuses so we do daily weekly monthly and annual bonuses okay very good and so, i guess do you do like a scoreboard kind of, so everyone kind of there's a little bit of that yeah, very good yeah there you go yeah. yeah. Every Tuesday we uh, we review numbers uh, for the past uh, week, and uh, we talk about them. We daily. I send out a group chat. Let the let the guys know. Hey, here's what's our revenue for Wednesday. Uh, total revenue for. Here's uh, how many memberships. How many callbacks that we ran as a. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. Um, and then the top tech for the day. Oh, cool. uh, in terms of sales. So that's something that we do daily. And then on a weekly basis on Tuesday, we do sales training, but we also go over numbers and see who the top guy was and yeah. go over reviews. That's great. And you had, you said you have in the new building, you also have an ability to do more technical training too, right? Is that on a separate day? Uh, yes, that's on Thursdays uh, mm-hmm. today uh, yeah. was technical training. So uh, they usually pick uh, the managers usually that have come up in the field right. or uh, based off of apprentice feedback. Mm-hmm. So we have a comment box that the apprentices submit. Yeah. Recommendations for, for hands-on meetings. Uh, the last one that we had was uh, how to cut cast iron pipe, mm. uh, which is a requirement uh, for uh, tradesmen. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of the guys that so we set that all up in our warehouse and we had all the apprentices go through and a piece of cast iron and show them how to properly do it. Very cool. Now on the on the Tuesday training, the communication training, how do you structure that? Do you, you know, I've heard all sorts of things. Is it just the stuff that comes up in the field? Do you break the service call down step by step and talk about each step? Or what do you guys prefer to do? Yeah. Uh, so Tuesday meeting, uh, Look at individual jobs. We'll look at uh, everything is job costed. So we'll look at the oh. And you share that. We share that. We're completely transparent. I love it. I love it. So your your guys and gals don't mean the general, but they know what gross margin is. They know what what the different labor percentages and material percentages need to be, and and how their performance impacts that. Yes, absolutely. There's a. Missy had sent it over to me. We do on an annual basis uh, with our team. Uh, a lot of the guys that have been with us a long time, they've done it multiple years now. 
which is uh, breaking them out in groups of three to four. Yeah. And, you know, giving them $100 in $1 bills and kind of breaking it out. What do you think, you know, marketing, what percentage is that, right? Let's put those dollars here. How much do you think our healthcare costs are, right? And kind of breaking everything out. And I think that is probably one of the most impactful trainings that we have with our guys to really make them understand and remind them to actually operate a company. Right. Uh, right. Because at the end of the day, they're completing a job. What the material cost was, they know what their labor cost was. So they're like, you know, we don't want them thinking that at the end of the day, owners are walking away with, let's say, $6,000. It doesn't work that way. No, no, no. Overhead's a son of a gun. Yeah. So <laughs> that's a that's a neat exercise. There's nothing more you can slump. You can see the shoulders slump when you take those. Like this is I got two two dollars left out of the hundred. That's profit. What? You know, it's pretty it's pretty shocking. So you, you don't have the problem I've heard over the years of going by the convenience shop and you got six trucks sitting in there getting Slim Jims and fountain sodas. Absolutely not. So you know, being like experience uh, working with uh, Saks and Interline Brands was I managed warehouse uh, distribution. Uh, so VMIs is what oh, yeah. they call them. Right? You're just making this easy for me. You're, you're, you're taking the next line of questioning. So you go ahead and run with it. Uh, so I understand that entire process and I yeah. have teamed up with Ed uh, or Home Depot now. Um, and so they've racked out our location. They've been located everything. It's very organized. Uh, we have all of our tech bins. So every day, essentially, our trucks are restocked, right? Oh, yeah. So when they complete a debrief, that debrief goes to our technician and it states precisely what they used on. And our parts manager, in-house parts manager, verifies that information. So if they say, I did a full toilet tank rebuild, but they only put a flapper on there, he's going to catch that. Right? Yeah, yeah. So the trucks are restocked 100% every day when they leave here. Uh, we pre-stage large projects. So if a tech sold a tanklet, sold a, a water purification system, all of that, those items are stocked here and are pre-pulled for those jobs ahead of time. That's great. So your materials percentage is pretty consistent. You're not dealing with these giant fluctuations. We're, we, we hold our own when it comes to material purchases. And I incentivize yeah. my parts manager off of a bonus incentive to make sure that we stay within the Oh, now, I mean, I don't want to tell too much, air out too much dirty laundry, but there are going to be people that are intrigued by that. So is it just what well, he gets X amount for if he hits a certain percentage? Precisely. We we break it down. It, you know, comes in. It's I'm I'm actually in the process of exchanging. That was just an annual bonus. Yeah. Um, but I want to come, I want to do it like a, a quarterly bonus. But if he comes in, let's say at 14%, he gets X dollars, right? Right. right. Uh, if he comes in at 13, he gets more. And if he comes in at 12 and so on. So right now roughly 12 to 13%. Great. Very good. Very good. Now, in the in, in this, there are certain... Support for this podcast comes from Professional Plumbing Group. How many hours in a day do your plumbers waste because you don't have the right part for the job? This problem leads to additional issues and reduced productivity, poor customer satisfaction, and increases your cost per job. Professional Plumbing Group, or PPG, can help you solve all those issues and more. We have everything you need to help your business grow and become more profitable by allowing you to focus on plumbing, not inventory management. Go to authorizedplumberprogram.com for more information. You mentioned Walter were a plumber. It's like, we just don't have this in the truck, right? Do you run into that? It's got to happen here and there, right? We absolutely do. And, yeah. and we, we issue Home Depot cards uh, okay. for all of our technicians. I was going to ask what the process is, yeah. We have a PO system in place. Good. Yep. Is the PO. Uh, we receive all the documentation real time that goes to my parts manager, so they can't add a Coke or a candy bar onto their uh, their Home Depot purchase. But we're very into. You guys know that they're. 
That's so that's so cool. Now, you mentioned watching the software. You guys utilize our software, correct? Correct. Uh, we were kind of uh, one of the first out there because it was just kind of perfect timing with uh, products out there. Right. And we felt that service line both was inexpensive, but it also, we kind of got in ground level. So there was a lot of updates and changes since then. And it really evolved to what it is today. And, you know, in retrospect, I, I think it's the same way. Yeah. Yeah. You've probably had a lot of influence too, because I know those guys have been very receptive to our part, you know, our, our members, our partners in this. What do you need? What, you know, what, what, you know, what additional benefits, what are certain things you require in your business? So we've had a lot of conversations with, uh, with service line. Uh, uh, when we first started, accounting was a problem and making sure that the correct tax codes and, you know, my wife is our, is our head accountant for the company uh, and holds her degree in that, right? So she's got a lot of, of background when it comes to accounting. So there was a lot of conference calls that she had with service line in the early days. Yeah. To make sure that we were all on the same page and everything was skewing as it did. Yeah, that's great. And now it, as you're growing, the, the, the software is still able to support you. It's easy for everyone to use, right, in the field and in the office. Absolutely. That's fantastic. That's great. That's great. Um, let's uh, let's as a, as a management team, it's really what three or four of you that are kind of running things in the back end, right, Julie, and then your your service manager soon to be GM, and am I missing anyone else? And yourself. So, what, what what's your conversations like? Are you guys just getting together every every day? Hey, these are the these KPIs are are a little off. We need to do this, or so and so has a problem. We need to do do, do that, or or. How is it pretty more? Is it more structured than that? How do you guys kind of operate the back end? Uh, we have a meeting every morning with our dispatch uh, to make sure that we're on the same page. So it's myself, uh, accounting and dispatch and Mike, our, our sales uh, service manager. Uh, and we just talk about the job board and make sure that we have the right texts in the right places. Uh, we both look at the job board ahead of time and we all meet up. Uh, before really the day starts, and if yeah. anything needs to move, you know, Jose's not a really good tech over the search. So, um, but at this point, it's become pretty streamlined because dispatch really recognizes, uh, and we do have a cheat sheet for all of our technicians who's good at pros and cons. That's great. Uh, so it's very, first started it, it was in a conversation, it was kind of daunting. Yeah. Uh, but now it's just a really quick check-in. I mean, yeah. the meeting maybe lasts a couple minutes on a daily basis. Uh, we just verify, maybe give more information if we have it. Yeah. And that's about the extent of it. That's great. Uh, in terms of management meetings, we do management meetings once a week. Uh, and just go over any type of And our service manager is, of course, in that accounting myself. Uh, we start budgeting, talk about budgeting meetings. We go into, okay, how many fleet vehicles are we going to need? We include oh, our fleet manager, which is my dad. Yeah. And, uh, say, hey, how's the trucks doing? How many miles do we have on them? Let's start pre-planning this. If we need to purchase vehicles, let's do it before the end. That's all. When do you start, uh, maybe you said it, maybe cut out for a quick second. When do you start the, the that budgeting process? So when you start you know, talking about it and building up to it? Say probably August September. August September. That's when we really start diving into it, right? And it's That's a, cool. kind of a topic on a daily. Are we? Well, the nice part is you're not pulling your hair out at the end of the year, right? Trying to slam and get this through, and then all of a sudden you're like, "Oh, look at all these things we missed in January and February," and no one really likes exactly. doing it. But yeah, so it's better to ramp up to it, right? Very good. Uh, this is to me a, a, a big question, um, especially the last couple of years. I mean, it's been great being in home services. Actually, it's been always been good. Uh, I've been doing this almost 20 years and very rarely have there ever been real down, down parts. But as you grow, you know, the culture, the vibe of your company can change and you can go from a really tight knit, great, strong unit and you start adding all these people, adding all these people. And all of a sudden you're like, where am I? So how have you protected and, and maybe evolved and grown your culture as you've gone from small, like a small company to now more of a mid-sized plumbing company? I know you talked about all those fun things you guys do, right? Is it, 
is there something that, you know, is it just the good, strong conversations, being an open boss? What, what do you kind of, what would you pinpoint why you've been able to protect that culture? We, we have an open door policy. Okay? There's almost never any closed doors at any point. Uh, and there's no second guessing it, right? So an apprentice can come into my office at any point. He can ask me a silly question. And I'm still going to answer it. I'm not going to turn my head or not focus on him, right? So I think to answer this, the biggest thing that we've incorporated here as we continue to grow, as we continue to have different staff, is just an open door policy. Yeah. At any point, they can come into our office. They don't need to feel it's a silly question. Or if it's a serious situation, you know, we're still open to anything and yeah. available. Uh, via text uh, when we're not in the office to ask us anything. Right. So I think that they just feel like we're here. That's and awesome. then we just kind of confirm that building events. Yeah. So, and really just kind of blowing off some steam. Yeah. Maybe having a couple of beers and just kind of. Yeah. You can see the, 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 the person side, right? Not just the business side. Those are, I think those are so, I know that's what I enjoy at certain paths. We do a great job. Our Rebecca the president and, and uh, the senior leadership, they do a great job of facilitating that kind of networking and you like where you're at. There's something nice about that. Um, while you were chatting, I did a little bit more research. I was, cause I was dorking out and you mentioned you lost your reviews, but I'll tell you, you guys have rebounded nicely. I saw what four, five, you have 195 Five-star reviews on Google, not 4.95. That is remarkable. And then let me, hold on, let me keep bragging. 139 on Facebook at 4.9. And this one is the most impressive to me, hands down. A four-star out of a 29 on Yelp. Like Yelp is where people go to complain that your technician had brown boots instead of black. Like that Yelp is a, is a cesspool. So congratulations. That's great for all that you lost. You guys... Your guys are, must be, they, they enjoy clearly where they work and they're doing a great job for their customers. That's, that's awesome. I mean, it, it's part of our culture too. You know, it's with, with our guys, we incentivize them, we spiff them and everything like that. But more so, it's just part of our culture, right? Make sure that you're doing the right thing. You need to paint the light bulb. I understand that we're not electricians, but that's something that we're capable of doing. Sure. You know, bringing in their uh, Amazon packages, you know, anything that we can set ourselves away from any of our competition. Let's do it. And I think that that, that has been a big culture shift for us, uh, is kind of looking outside the box and even doing organic dog treats for our, for our customer dogs, uh, with a nice little anti-plumbing sticker type of stuff. But every little thing that we can do to kind of differentiate ourselves, we have, but also, you know, Google reviews and online reviews is very important to us and something we can see. That's awesome. That's great. I just have a kind of wrapping up just a handful of questions left for you. I really appreciate all your time. This has been really enjoyable. Um, what what is certain path SGI meant for your company during this evolution, really the last seven years? Hmm. Yeah. We wouldn't be where we are today if it wasn't. That's to be frank with you. Um, it's always a refresher whenever I'm questioning percentages and, you know, hey, we're thinking about going to a new price guide, you know, looking at my P&L, looking at my labor percentages. You know, it's, it's nice to be able to go to certain path and find all that pivotal information at the click of a button that I can. Uh, or if we're having problems with sales or if we're having problems with uh, financing or something new that we're doing, uh, all the answers are right there. And more so than that, I think that Missy uh, is simply amazing. You know, any questions that we have, I can't find it, you know, through the website. Uh, shoot her a quick message and she's just instantaneously on it. So yeah. the support for me is probably the, the big that's great. And how about the tag group? You mentioned the tag group. Share with everyone what that is that, that doesn't know and, and how nice it is to have this network of other contractors to talk to in those and in expos and trainings. What's that? What's that been like? Uh, it's been exceptional. Uh, we tag meeting now since uh, last conference and uh, we are. Uh, and that's what's nice, too, is Missy has kind of painted us up similar 
size companies, right? Uh, all experiencing different growing pains, if you will, or, uh, you know, marketing problems, you know, but it's nice to have that forum to really bag meeting, uh, very open. We share a lot of internal documents with one another. Um, it's just been a, a game changer. I, I can't believe I haven't signed up for it sooner. <laughs> That's great. Uh, okay, la- last question for me in terms of 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 hyping certain path, and then I have another couple for for you. But um, what would you say to, to contractors? We do get a lot who listen and watch that are not members about coming and joining the family. What would you say to them? So I've done a few profit days personally, and, and spoke oh. with those profit days. Yeah, and you know these other members that maybe haven't you know signed up yet or you know, really looking at the monetary side of it, really insignificant, right? We, our dues are something that's just incorporated into cost of doing business. And the takeaways for us is exponential. We, we again, wouldn't be where we are today if it wasn't for that. And that's no BS, that's straightforward. Um, but you're thinking about it, you really need to just, just dive in and do it and really implement everything. That's yeah. Probably one of the biggest things that I wish when I first came on board, I could have implemented everything at once, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't think I would have any staff. If that was the case. <laughs> um, so we've, we've kind of picked off little things here and there yeah. and we're still not a hundred percent. We're not perfect sure. by any means, you know, we're still trying to figure this out as we go. Um, but at least we have a better idea. I love it. All right. Very good. Now, again, wrapping up, looking over your journey, especially the last seven years for, for owners, like similar situation, anything you would have done differently, done first, done faster, done better, that would, would help somebody. Um, thinking back, I would, I wish I would have probably implemented memberships sooner. Yeah, uh, because we've seen wide success, and also introduced the uh, the straightforward price guide. Sure. I think those are the two biggest things that, in retrospect, if I had to go back, that would have been two first things. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, you know, we've sold probably over six hundred memberships to date, but imagine if we would have done that six, seven years ago, right? So, uh, I think that's probably the biggest for me. Very good. All right. Very last question. Where do you see the company in in five, 10 years from now? Uh, five to 10 years. Uh, I see us uh, going into air conditioning. Uh, oh. right now we're, we're service repair uh, plumbing specifically, and that's yeah. the way we've always been. Yeah. I have been kind of kicking around the idea of maybe uh, um, purchasing uh, some great answers, some great insight. I think a lot of people are going to benefit from. Really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. No problem. Have a good one. I hope you've enjoyed today's show. If so, please like and subscribe on YouTube. If you're on your favorite podcast player, please leave us a five-star review. The two seconds you take to leave a review will help other success-minded contractors like you find us and hopefully get a little bit better, which elevates our entire industry. And please join me for future episodes. This has been The Successful Contractor, powered by CertainPath. Support for this podcast comes from Yellowstone Local. Are you a home service company struggling to find experienced employees to hire? Then you need to schedule a meeting with Yellowstone Local, the undisputed leader in helping home service companies build high-performing teams. Yellowstone Local doesn't just fill open positions, they shift your entire recruiting paradigm, changing your brand into a magnet for amazing people and helping you hire people that embody your vision, your drive, and your commitment to excellence. With an intentionally extensive approach, you'll have a partner that builds and executes the entire process for you, saving you time and money while getting the best results. So in an industry where your product is your people, don't settle for less where it matters most, Visit YellowstoneLocal.com today and experience a different way to hire. For more information, contact Warren Lentz at 512-962-2638 or email Warren at YellowstoneLocal.com. The Successful Contractor Podcast is part of the Certain Path family. 
CertainPath builds successful home service businesses and has for 23 years. We do it by providing contractors with a proven path to success, professional coaching, software solutions, and a member community of over 1,000 contractors just like you. Doubling your sales with a 20% net profit and an inspiring company culture is all possible. Let us show you the way. With CertainPath, success is made certain. Visit www.mycertainpath.com for more information.